2: WTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul, FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis, Intelligent Radio.
3: With SRM News, I'm Jason Walker. Former President Donald Trump at a rally last night in Michigan, stumping on behalf of GOP candidates, and he sharply criticized the legal investigations against them. He says the effect is producing sympathy and support for his Make America Great Again movement.
0: I am their number one target, but I am proud to be fighting for you, and I'm going to be fighting for you for
4: a long time.
3: An estimated 200 people have been killed at a soccer match in Indonesia that after police fired tear gas to stop a number of brawls in the stadium search and rescue efforts continuing in florida authorities say hurricane ian has left dozens dead but more than a thousand people have been rescued from various flooded areas this is srn news
2: brandon tatum explains the melting pot in my mind i
5: think that the blending of us together makes us more powerful but you can't blend and forget your identity but then your identity is not greater than the country and they say you came from Africa, that your African culture is going to dominate the culture of the United States of America. It can coexist with other cultures. This is fine.
2: The Officer Tatum Show, afternoons at five on AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Intelligent Radio. Up next here on the Patriot, we have hour number two of the Closer Edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network. It's a pre-recorded but fresh hour. Brad will be back in studio next week taking your phone calls. Enjoy the next hour, hour number two of the Northern Alliance Radio Network, The Closer Edition. Coming up next, your forecast calls for looks like partly sunny skies. Seventy two is our high, down to fifty five tonight for Monday. Partly sunny and seventy six. Bring us with you when you travel this fall. If you're heading out, download the AM twelve eighty The Patriot Mobile app for free at your device's app store.
6: The following program was pre recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management.
2: Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network.
4: Brad Carlson. KM-1280 is a patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with hour number two of the broadcast we like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. You can feel free to check us out on Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag show for comments or questions. Or check out our Facebook page. Just do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network at Facebook... Give us a like or a follow if you have not done so already. Well, we uh, want to shift gears now, Uh, still having uh, political candidates on, but we want to shift gears to a statewide candidate. We had uh, Ryan Wilson on the broadcast just after he was officially endorsed as the Republican candidate for Minnesota Auditor. Again, we emphasize on this broadcast, we haven't won a statewide race, Republicans that is, since 2006, and we have a real opportunity with this particular office. Uh, once again, we are honored to be joined via telephone, the aforementioned Ryan Wilson. Now, uh, Ryan, good to talk to you, sir. How are you?
7: Great. Good to talk to you, and thanks uh, for having me on again, Brad.
4: You bet. Uh, again, once again, the office Ryan is running for is state auditor looking to oust incumbent Uh, Julie Blaha, again, uh, the Republicans have not held this office. Uh, It's been a while, at least before uh, 2006, so a real opportunity with this one, that is for sure. Well, Ryan, obviously one of the big issues that has uh, certainly cropped up is the scandal involving Feeding Our Future. And if you ever want to give people an insight as to the duties and the obligations of the state auditor's office, certainly— uh, a non-profit like this is something that needs serious oversight and for whatever reason it hadn't received the proper scrutiny i mean 250 million dollars just doesn't go out the door overnight so uh, obviously first and foremost ryan why don't you kind of uh weigh in on that uh, issue a little bit i know you and attorney general candidate schultz had a joint press conference addressing this very issue so from an audit standpoint uh what's your kind of what's your perspective on this
7: Yeah, there was a real opportunity, a real missed opportunity by the current state auditor, uh, Julie Blaha, to be able to catch this and to really to raise the red red flags and raise the issue, um, you know, with the federal government, with uh, state agencies, you know, with anybody that's willing to listen. And unfortunately, she didn't. And the problem is when elected officials don't do their job, you know, $250 million go out the door. And this is a pattern we see in Minnesota. It's not the first time. And we have a problem with having good internal controls over our spending. You might remember four or five years ago there was a daycare scandal, very similar. Yes. People were billing the gov people were billing the government for work they weren't doing, for things that they weren't doing, and the government was paying it with little to no checks. And so it's a it's a pattern in Minnesota that really needs to be addressed. And that's one of the things that the state auditor can do on a big picture is be a voice to the legislature of these issues. And so when we see them Bring them up, address them, help craft legislation, help plug these holes. You know, Arnie Carlson was great at doing that. He was a state auditor yes. in the eighties, and when he saw issues, uh, and there were, when there were things that uh, he wanted to address, he'd work with the legislature on that. Right? Uh, there was um, the St. Paul Port Authority was one. There was a lot of issues in the mid eighties regarding it, and he went out, went to the legislature, and said, "I need authority to go fix this." Uh, and he did it, and he didn't sit silent. And unfortunately. Auditor Blaha, and really all the Democrats, have sat silent on this issue, and now it's a bit of a um, uh, circular pointing squad. Everybody's saying it's somebody else's fault, but they're also at the same time saying this is a success story. Uh, I don't know how $250 million being stolen uh, from kids' mouths is a success story. And uh, Julie Blaha had a chance in uh, early 2021 when a report crossed her desk that showed that feeding our future didn't have a required audit on file so that she could submit to the federal government and certify that they were compliant. When that wasn't there, she could have identified the red flag. She could have made an issue out of it. and Instead, she just passed it on to the federal government with no note, no comment, no mention that the Department of Education had serious concerns at that time uh, about feeding our future. And uh, instead did nothing and just remained silent. And that's a problem. You know, we have a state auditor. We have these elected officials for a reason. uh, And it's to be a watchdog for Minnesota, to stand up and be a voice. And, uh, you know, when, when people don't do their job, bad things happen
4: yeah and uh, obviously this is an issue that has uh, really um, gotten a lot of notice I mean again as as much as a, you know as much as we're critical of the of some of the local media, not all but some of the local media and how they try to provide cover for Democrats, something like this they just uh, they have an obligation to cover and they have covered it so with that in mind, Ryan Wilson, obviously this being a statewide race, you're in contact with hundreds of people on a regular basis uh, is this do you get a sense starting to really resonate with the public as you're out and about?
7: Yeah, you know this broke right around the first broke right around the time I got in the race back in January right. when the FBI raided many of these uh, many of these people in this, these these uh, nonprofits, and people had been talking about it. You know, it hadn't percolated throughout the state. Uh, some of the past you know bigger financial scandals like the light rail overrun or again the daycare fraud, um, or what people would talk about at their doors or at meetings. But I would say, you know, since this broke uh, and it's gotten some good attention and, 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 you know, the media has done a surprisingly good job at covering this, you know, both print and TV and radio um, and really digging into some of the inconsistent statements by public officials as to who knew what and when uh, it's getting out there. And, you know, uh, I was just at some uh, door knocking with a local candidate last night in Medina. And uh, when they heard I was running for state auditor, it was the first thing they brought up was, "Well, what about this feeding our future?" And why didn't our government catch it? And they just want to know. They don't want, you know, they don't care, uh, you know, who's pointing fingers at who for getting it done. They just don't want their tax dollars being wasted. That's what people want, and they want someone that's going to stand up for them and be a watchdog, you know, for their hard-earned tax dollars.
4: So yeah, obviously uh, this per- this particular race. I mean, even before this scandal really got a lot of legs, you were polling very well in this race against your uh, DFL incumbent opponent. And I have to imagine uh, something like this, Um, you know, people say, well, you know, the current administration, you know, the current auditor's office, I mean, this is something that they're obligated to provide oversight for and obviously did not. I mean, again, you don't like to, uh, you don't like to, and nobody is gleeful over a scandal, but it is what it is, Ryan Wilson. This definitely has to cause people who may typically vote DFL statewide Ah, uh, to give you uh, to give your candidacy a look.
7: You know, and, and that's something that we, you know we've been noticing that for a couple months now is that we were able to pick up um, some of those moderate Democrats, open-minded moderate Democrats that see the value in an auditor that's willing to protect the programs that they fight for. We have a lot of social safety net programs in Minnesota, um, you know, relatively high tech state, and we're willing to put you know some extra money into making sure that when somebody you know falls in hard times that we can help them get, uh, you know, get back up on their feet. But what they want is those programs to work. And when they see that, you know, after winning hard-fought battles in the legislature to fund these programs, that it's not going to help the people they want to help, uh, you know, they see the value in a state auditor that's going to maybe change things up, um, you know, do auditing and, and hold government accountable. Again, so these programs can help the people they're intended to help.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Once again we are joined by uh, Ryan Wilson, he running for state auditor. And by the way folks, uh, check out Ryan's website wilson4mn.com. That's wilson the number 4 mn.com. You can find out all about uh the issues that he's advocating for and, and also his social media. Uh links to his social media sites are there as well. Uh Ryan, we uh, have a, a couple of minutes uh, remaining here in this uh, particular segment uh just some final thoughts for our listening audience voters what have you that um that they could assist with to help uh, get you over the top
7: hey, you know I, I just i want to mention you no know, a lot of what the state auditor does is help you know fight waste and fraud and abuse and, and help nip some of these things in the bud that you know start small before they get big, right? Some of these frauds and these scandals and internal controls, but there's other things they can do to really help build and lift up communities on, on the positive side of things, not always looking for you know the things that aren't working. Uh, and one of the things I announced uh, about uh, oh, two weeks ago now is. Uh, support our schools plan and how as state auditor we're going to go help our schools understand what's working and what's not and so when they invest in new programs and they put taxpayer dollars into whether it be a new reading or a math program uh, i want to i want to help them measure those outcomes again at that local level so they can know is this working is it making a difference and we're going to spread that around the state and and with best practices and share that with people again to help you know we've seen you know uh Record again, record-setting drops in our kids' test scores. Right, mm-hmm. um, math, reading—the proficiency yep. levels are, are low, and and uh, the state auditor can help be a part of that solution. And so we rolled out a, a great plan on that again two weeks ago, and I encourage your listeners to take a look at that. Um, and, and it's on our social media and our website. And I just I think there's a real opportunity for the state auditor's office to be relevant at the kitchen table for Minnesotans around the state, and not just a uh, office that they never hear of.
4: Once again, wilson4mn.com. That's wilson4mn.com. The number four, mn.com. That's Ryan's website, and you can also uh, click on the links for his uh, social media feeds and follow along for very important updates as we are less than five weeks away from Election Day. Uh, Ryan, an honor to be joined by you again, as always, sir. Thank you so much. Best of luck out there on the trail going forward, and uh, excited to uh, get a state another statewide victory uh, in the in the Bay. We appreciate it.
7: Great. Thank you for having me.
4: AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance, Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson, back with another segment on the broadcast.
7: Go nowhere.
2: Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon, we're where you are. Stream AM 1280, The Patriot, at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app.
8: Are you or a loved one struggling with drug or alcohol use? Maybe you're not sure if it's addiction or if treatment's needed. If so, you're not alone. According to the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, 19.3 million people aged 18 or older had a substance use disorder in the past year. Hazelden Betty Ford offers a free confidential assessment. Inpatient, outpatient, and virtual options are available. It's time to take back your life. Hazelden Betty Ford can help. This message sponsored by Hazelden Betty Ford, the Minnesota Broadcasters Association, and the. STATION.
2: If you were lied to in buying a timeshare and worn out, you need my help. Hi, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started the timeshare cancellation industry by exposing the ugly truth about timeshare and giving folks the straight facts. I've been fighting the timeshare giants ever since, so no one knows this industry better than me and my team. Today we have 383 employees and have saved our clients an average of $65,000 in lifetime payments. Imagine putting those timeshare dollars back in your pocket. If you were told in a timeshare presentation that this was available today and today only, that timeshare was a great investment, or your maintenance fees will never go up, call my office now. I guarantee if we take you as a we will cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing
6: call now for your free information kit 800-687-7979 800-687-7979 800-687-7979
2: take your favorite patriot hosts with you wherever you go by downloading our app listen to your favorite shows see our social media posts enter exclusive contests and more just search for am1280 the patriot in the app store How you doing out there? You ever seen there one of those days where it just seems like everybody's getting on your case from your teacher all the way down to your best girlfriend? Oh, daily.
4: Hey, welcome back. AM <laughs> 1280, The Patriot. All the time. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for always for tuning in.
10: Let me tell you-
4: Again, feel free to uh, <laughs> check out my blog, bradcarlson.org. And you get to follow us on Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for comments or questions. And follow us on Facebook. Just do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network on Facebook. And, uh, again, the candidate Palooza rolls on. We're getting back to our uh, legislative candidates. And honored to welcome in the studio right now uh, Jim Bean. He is running for Minnesota State Senate in Senate District 56, which includes Apple Valley, Most of Rosemont and a sliver of uh, Egan, specifically southeastern Egan, uh, back just east of the radio station here. Not quite in uh, the radio station territory, but nearby nonetheless. We're going to find out about uh, Jim's candidacy, why he's running, and uh, what he is hearing from voters. In that particular district, uh, Jim Bean, honored to have you on the broadcast, sir. How are you
5: doing? Great, Brad. Thanks for having me.
4: So, uh, running for Minnesota State Senate, I guess, well, this is your first foray into political office, Jim Bean. Do we know it is okay? It is. And, uh, how are you? Uh, what made you decide to run for this particular office? Were you recruited, or have you were you just uh, mad as heck, not going to take it anymore? Uh, what's the motivation <laughs> behind it?
5: <laughs> a, a mixture of, of all that, okay? My wife, Keisha, for years, she was pushing me to get involved, to run for some kind of office. Really? City council, school board. Because uh, at the time, well, 12 years ago, I really started diving deep into politics and government, doing research, doing my own homework. And I was just blazing her. (laughs) Really? Okay. (laughs) You know, and, and even on Facebook, just, you know, being able to hear all the different points of views. And it came a point where she's like, you really need to get involved. And so the last two years... You know, everything that we've seen here in Minnesota in particular, I felt that the time was now. Mm. You know, if if I don't get involved now, maybe I won't be able to help this state get back on track. You know, and so that was the probably the key factor of getting involved now was what we've seen the last two years. And it was an open seat. Sure. Uh, Clausen retired, and so I thought it would be a great opportunity. Got more information on what it was like to be a state senator. Sure. And so I went for it.
4: Absolutely. So as you're uh, going out and about in the district, obviously, we know as we've seen an interesting trend here in Minnesota pretty much over the last decade, it seems outstate where you had some of the more blue collar would reliably vote uh, Democrat uh, now trending more Republican, whereas the first ring suburbs kind of the opposite way. It was uh, pretty reliably Republican for a while now, uh, at least the past two or three election cycles have kind of trended a little bit blue. However, as you alluded to, Jim, um, kind of a uh, kind of some interesting uh, happenings going on in the Twin Cities the past couple of years. So, definitely a great opportunity here. So, with that in mind, what are you hearing specifically from voters? What are their top concerns? I mean, we talk a- about about the rising crime rate in Hennepin and in Ramsey County. Uh, certainly, they're concerned about that here in these areas because they work in those areas. But that necessarily isn't hitting where they live. But nevertheless, what are you hearing from voters? You're going door to door.
5: Uh, door to door, which is in the in the thousands now, we've been door knocking for. God six bless months. you. Yeah, yeah, that's great. <clears throat> but what I'm getting is that the issues that affect all of us, such as the economy, sure, uh, education, public safety, freedom, parental rights, medical freedom, people are still ticked off about what took place. Mm. And let's be upfront, uh, Democrat uh, governors across the country, most of them push those lockdowns. Right. Which affected uh, the economy. I know a lot of small business owners who are still trying to get back to where they were. And so uh, based off of what I've seen and what I'm hearing is people are still not happy. They know that their voice is going to be heard November 8th. And um, even those who might not agree politically, they can see that Minnesota's on the wrong track. So that's what I'm getting overall.
4: Yeah, we live in, a, and obviously you, you know this as well as anybody, live in a very hyper-partisan time where people you know, if if something that their own party does, they may overlook it, but certainly it's uh, DEFCON 5 if uh, <laughs> the other party, That's is it DEFCON 1 or DEFCON 5? That's the worst one. Uh, whatever the case is, if the other party is doing it. So, uh, as I alluded to, this particular area, you know, Apple Valley and Rosemont, mm-hmm. has seemed to have had DFL representation over the past few election cycles. Are you finding that People are open to transcending the way they've normally voted. I mean, uh, uh, what kind of reaction are you getting when, I mean, because inevitably you're going to probably be asked what political party you're you're with, Jim Bean.
5: Right. Yeah, I'm very upfront. I have the Republican endorsement. Mm -hmm. Um, To asking your question, sorry about that, (laughs) Um, what I'm seeing, and this is my gut feeling, uh, Justin Emmerich, he was the one who had the DFL nomination back in the spring. Yep but Aaron McQuaid primaried him. And so That's right, yeah. His signs were everywhere. i mm-hmm. I'm like, "Man, this guy, he's on fire." But when his signs went don't, when I say signs I mean yard signs. Sure, yeah. When his went down because he got primaried, I didn't see her signs replaced. Oh,
4: interesting. Okay. So,
5: I'm not I'm guessing it could be a split, it could be a disappointment or maybe some people might sit it out. But I believe that our district is more moderate not as far left as she is in her views. Right. And I'm more moderate. I'm conservative, but more of a moderate, you know, type feel. I'm not trying to revamp, you know, and destroy the economy.
4: Of course, of course.
5: But that's just my gut feeling. I could be wrong. But I I think that our district, I don't think they're as far left as, as some people would think.
4: What uh, what uh, has kind of stood out to you as um, you know, again, as we alluded to your first foray into electoral politics, specifically running as a candidate um, as you've gone out there, has there, is there what's been something that has taken you by surprise or didn't expect? It's like, wow, and I uh, signed up to do this. I didn't expect this. I mean, what has there been anything that's kind of taken you by surprise? I mean, and we know it's a lot of work, which you're probably you're obviously not averse to hard work. But what's kind of uh, surprised you about this process, Jim Bean?
5: Um, yes, it's a lot of work. My biggest surprise will be if I'm knocking on someone's door and all they want to ask me is, are you Republican or Democrat?
4: Really? Okay.
5: In in my viewpoint, it's like, can you go further than that? You know, can you see what, at least I'm, why I'm running, what changes or improvements I would like to make versus being so locked in to party to where, you know, you don't even want to hear, you won't even give me. Two minutes of your time you know when you think about what's best for the state what's best for the country I, I think anyone who's running should you should give them a little time just to see where they're at oh yeah you know not just to close the door or slam the door <laughs> right right but that's just my biggest surprise is you know we can't have a, a dialogue or a conversation
4: so obviously, uh, something like this, when uh, as you, you know, as we mentioned, it, it it takes a lot of work, you know, uh, burning up a lot of shoe leather, uh, you know, shaking a lot of hands, and, and whatever else, um, you know, as you as you mentioned, your wife, you do have a family. Uh, has this kind of become a, a a family affair, uh, Jim Bean? Did you kind of take a vote? Should Dad run? Should he not? I mean, uh, how does that dynamic work in the in the Bean household?
5: Yeah, way back in March, before I decided to make that decision, we prayed about it, and then I asked every member of our family all six of, or five of us mm-hmm. um, total of six <laughs> yeah right i got you <laughs> um do you think i should run do you think i should do it here here are the pros here are the cons okay and without a doubt everyone looked me in my in my eye and said yeah dad i like it you, you got to do it because our children they they suffered the the lockdowns the the mask mandates you know the 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 vaccine scare, Mm, you know, and so I know that's controversy, but freedom and liberty. Those are things that makes America great. Yes. And I truly believe that I don't care if it's a pandemic, your freedom and your liberty, it should it should not go out of the window.
4: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And along those lines, I mean, you know, you hear all the time, you know, talk about following the science and what our kids went through and what they put kids through, even when they were finally allowed back in the school building. Okay, follow the science. Where's the justification for putting a mask on a six year old who has a, almost a statistical sti- statistical chance of zero yeah. of catching this virus? And I've read studies where a unvaccinated child is less likely to catch it than a vaccinated adult. Yet we were yeah. still masking kids. I mean, I, I, I I'm I'm ashamed to say this, but it probably be great shame on on us for allowing these things to happen yeah. to to these kids. So. Um, you personally, Jim Bean, I mean, how did you navigate those waters, you know, having your own young family?
5: You know, it was very tough. It was, it was new. It was a virus that no one knew about. Yeah. And, um, it was all, it was sold as give us two weeks to mm-hmm. stop the spread. So it was trust there, you know, like Reagan say, trust but verify. Mm-hmm. But Amen. that spread it and it extended the governor. He, you know, evoked his emergency e- executive powers. He continued to extend it. And it just got out of hand, you know, and and as a conservative, that's why we say smaller government, right? Smaller government, less regulation. You know, Keith Ellison, he sued restaurants for trying to keep their doors open. Right.
8: And trying to maintain their livelihood, their
5: livelihood. And so as a conservative, those are the things that these principles, faith, family, freedom, those uh, education, those things, it. It really showed me that we can really build upon those things. That's what made America great, Christian Judeo values. And even our preamble, our state constitution, it talks about they were grateful to God for their civil and their religious liberties. And they wanted to pass that on to their posterity.
4: Absolutely. Once again, we are joined uh, in studio by Jim Bean. He running for Minnesota State Senate District 56, which uh, covers Apple Valley, uh, most of Rosemont and a sliver of Egan, specifically the southeastern portion of Egan, just east of our radio station, not quite in our radio stations territory. Uh, Jim Bean, we need to uh, take a break here. Are you able to hold with us for uh, one more segment? Sure. OK, fantastic. Uh, Jim Bean again joining us in studio Again, running as a Republican in Minnesota State Senate District 56. Uh, when we come back, uh, we'll get uh, all of uh, Jim's uh, credentials, his uh, website, where uh, you can find his campaign, all the sorts of that good stuff. Again, me, Brad Carlson, the closer on the Northern Alliance Radio bye, Network, back in mere moments. Go nowhere.
0: go my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. Then good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye.
10: We noticed we had a leak in our roof. Hey, I'm Brenda from Stillwater, Minnesota. We noticed some water staining in our ceiling by our chimney. This is our first time working with JTR Roofing. A close friend had recommended them and had a great experience. They ended up replacing our roof and performed the work on our chimney. I would recommend JTR Roofing because they were reliable, friendly. There were no hidden costs in their quotes and the craftsmanship was outstanding. Not only did they do an outstanding job on our home, but also they support the community. They've had a good reputation in the 30 years that they've been in business, and just overall it was just a wonderful experience working with the company. I was absolutely satisfied with the work. Absolutely, we're thinking about having our windows replaced and we will be calling JTR. Go to JTRRoofingInc.com. That's JTRRoofingInc.com.
4: Hey, welcome back. Hey, I'm 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. Hey, feel free to check out uh, the broadcast. Hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag NARN Show for comments or questions. And follow our Facebook page, Again, do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network at Facebook. Give us a like or a follow if you haven't done so already. Again, a lot of our shows between now and Election Day are going to be talking to local candidates, Minnesota candidates running in different offices, whether it be statewide offices or legislative seats, and honored to be joined by Jim Bean. He is running for Minnesota State Senate, Senate District 56, the Republican candidate, Again, it's in uh, Apple Valley, uh, most of Rosemount, and the southeastern portion of Egan uh, Jim, before I forget, uh, let folks know where they can find you online. And uh, again, money is not everything, as we've emphasized, but it is important. So where can people find out more about your candidacy?
5: Sure. Go to electjimbean.com.
4: All right. electjimbean.com. No, not the bourbon, Jim Beam. We're talking bean, <laughs> as in beanstalk, jimbean.com. I don't mean to make light of it, Jim, but I, you know we got. I'm I'm not the best enunciator, so I have to emphasize right. that it's bean, isn't beanstalk. Elect Jim dot com, and I'll link to it at BradCarlson as well. I always well. you
5: like the, like the vegetable. I'm, I'm good for your heart. I like it. I like <laughs> it.
4: Hey. A a, a opportunistic campaign slogan. I love it. I absolutely love it. So, well, in this, uh, as we're getting a little more than five weeks to Election Day, Jim Bean, uh, what do you feel as though your campaign needs most? There are a lot of folks who listen that are within earshot of this radio station. I'm not talking about the microphone. I mean, if I go out the back door and yell, people in your district could probably hear me. So what uh, specifically could people uh, help out with to ensure that the Republicans keep the Senate majority?
5: Well, there's a number of things. Obviously, there, it t- everything takes money for advertising, for right. just all the different fees and things you have to, to do along the way. Um, you can donate at electjimbean.com. Uh, click on the Contribute tab. Also, door knocking. That's one of the hugest things that people can do. You know, uh, We meet every Saturday at 10 a.m. at Moeller Park. That's right off of Johnny Cake. And just going door knocking, We we have an app that we use. So we don't hit every single door, but, uh, it is fun to just, uh, share your views and, and, and we just do a survey. We just ask the neighbors, you know, do they approve that it disapprove of certain issues and right. just get a, just get a sense of what, what's going on out there. And then also if, uh, just your prayers, you know, praying for my campaign, praying for me, you know, that, uh, that God gives me strength to continue on, you know, it is a lot of work It, it on top of, uh. Working a full time job and being a husband, a dad, a, a pastor, you know, it, it, it twenty four hours seem like it's not enough.
4: <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It reminds me of those uh, commercials where people would go uh, way back in, like I think the eighties and nineties, where people would go through a drive through and say, "Can you just give me a minute?" You know, you wish you could order more time through a drive through. <laughs> so I, I absolutely right. hear what you're saying. And by the way, folks, I was just looking at the at the app uh, weather dot com app. It's going to be a beautiful weekend. Nothing like being outdoors, going door-to-door, right? Talking to your uh, fellow neighbors, constituents, and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, go to electjimbean.com, and uh, they'll get you set up. If you want to go out, uh, even if you're not in Jim's district, folks, if you are interested in keeping the Republican majority in the Senate, uh, obviously we need to keep the seats we already have, but flipping seats could go a long, long way. And as Jim alluded to, the incumbent who was representing this district previously has decided to move on, so... There is a great opportunity here, no doubt about it. So, uh, Jim, how about a little bit about uh, your your personal story? You're not originally from the uh, the Twin Cities, are you? Correct. Okay. What what made you move to this area, or how did you move to this area? I guess I should ask.
5: Yes, I was born in Gary, Indiana. Mm, okay. My, my parents. We moved to Minnesota when I was 11. Uh, the reason why we moved, we had church family who moved here years before. Okay. We actually, came to visit them, and we were so impressed with Minnesota. Really? Compared to Gary, you didn't come in
4: the winter though, did you? No, we didn't. Okay, okay. It was the summer. (laughs) (laughs) I got you.
5: And uh, I give my parents a lot of credit for just making that decision to relocate. And this is right after the Indiana steel mill. Uh, It was a a huge, massive layoff, and so it was tough times in Gary during those mid mid eighties. And so my parents they sold their house. We moved to Minnesota, Burnsville, and Burnsville gave me a new perspective on life you know and and as a kid as i look back i always wonder why was gary so run down why were the abandoned buildings and the street gangs the drug dealers and those different why did it how did it come to that because people will say well gary was a booming city Mm, wow it was booming it was this it was that And and i always ask what happened they never would tell me it wasn't until I became an adult where I could go back, do research, and see that it was policies. Mm, okay. It was policies. It's things that we are seeing happen happening here in Minnesota, and that prompt me to even run because I don't want to see Minnesota end up the same way Gary, Detroit, Baltimore, and across the country. We've seen what these kind of policies, how they end up.
4: So that must be a pretty powerful uh, personal testimony coming for you from where you came. And, you know, and have you conveyed that to voters, telling them a little bit about your background? I mean, obviously there's only so much you want to say from a personal standpoint, but it it definitely can be a powerful anecdote, Jim Bean.
5: Yes, and I I mentioned as much as possible, but also I'm very optimistic. You know, um, coming from moving to Burnsville, I tell people this too, I set records at the Burnsville High School. Really? You know, touchdowns, yards, carries. Oh,
4: fantastic.
5: Those yards haven't been broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the work ethic, the things that I've learned along the way, bringing it into politics, those are things that I'm using to continue to strive. And um, when University of Minnesota, it was always my goal to play Division One football. Not a lot of people get a chance to do that. And so achieving goals, having the opportunity, to, the pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the principles that we have here, the things that made America great, those are the things that I want to see continue for my children and for every American.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And and I imagine that, uh, you know, and you think about it. I mean, people moved to this particular area, Rosemont, Apple Valley and Egan. I mean, it, it wasn't that long ago where, you know, people may have left. Uh, areas you know uh, I grew up in, right in the city of St. Paul and uh, you know I was a great growing up experience in the in the 1980s and you know as I've gone back and my mother still lives there and it's not what what I remember and, and I'm hearing a lot of testimonials from people that live in this area now it's like you know I used to live in that same area and now we wanted to, to move here for the obvious reasons so with that in mind are are, are there legitimate concerns or are do people dismiss it that hey what we left could possibly come into this area. I mean, do people have those concerns when yep. you talk to them?
5: I personally know four families who really? moved, relocated out of Minnesota just because they can see the writing on the wall. Mm. You know, and so um, it's this November. We have an opportunity to change this, the mentality. Uh, we have an opportunity to change. We, you know, there's high spikes of crime. There's there's numbers we've never really seen before in Minnesota, Minnesota was always seen as a very safe place. Right, right. And so, uh, with law enforcement the defund the police and dismantle and re- reallocate funds from the police, all that is taking its toll. And this is political. Mm-hmm. These are policies. Uh, when it comes to our, our, our economy, a $10 billion surplus, we were overtaxed. We can give that money back to taxpayers. I was going to say,
4: I, I, I <laughs> yeah, I, I know when that, whenever that's projected. I mean, it's always touted as good news, and I've never understood. and I've said this a million times on these airways. I've never understood how that's a good thing more than what is needed is taken from the hardworking taxpayers.
5: Exactly, and especially during a recession. Yes, especially during inflation, record-breaking inflation, high gas prices. You know, all these things we have to deal with, and these policies affect all of us, and that's what I'm getting from voters. You know, they and and let's not talk about energy. Mm -hmm. They want to get rid of coal plants? Mm -hmm. How are we going to heat our homes in Minnesota in January? I don't want to rely on a windmill or solar.
4: Right, right.
5: Not in Minnesota.
4: (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I mean, technology does what it does, and it evolves, and perhaps we'll have – better infrastructure in place where if people want to utilize electric vehicles, which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing, mm-hmm. fantastic. But it just doesn't, it seems like the goals are overly ambitious we're to to get there by 2035. And if, and if that is implemented and we're not ready, yeah. that could be disastrous, Jim
5: Bean. Right. And I've seen studies where the batteries that they're trying to utilize, it can't support our infrastructure. No, no. And I'm not ready to be a third world country. I'm, I just, I'm sorry I'm not.
4: And disposing of those, that isn't harmful to the economy, is it? Or, <laughs>
5: yeah.
4: Would have no impact, or excuse me, the environment, I should say. That wouldn't have much right. of an impact. So,
5: Brad, uh, we, my family, we took a trip. We drove from Minnesota to Las Vegas. Really? And with yes, the kids? With the kids. Oh, my It was my fun. It was the best trip ever. But when we came to Vegas, it was at night. We yeah, came yeah. across that little mountain, and it was lit up. Mm. And the first thing I thought was, how in the heck... <laughs> Can this city run yeah, on right. solar and windmill, and the, the, the entire city plus the country? I, I just don't. You know, the studies have shown it. It's not the technology is not there yet. So, just a little little nugget of what. Oh no, no. These are
4: these are all very important issues. And again, I, I don't know that people think as much about them. I mean, when you hear these ta- these plans being touted, I mean, well, uh, Governor Walls specifically has said he wants to implement a California style uh, green initiatives. Mm-hmm. Well, where they're talking in California by 2035 you know pretty much all electric cars and it's just like I, you know how is that how is that sustainable that's you know it's great to have a goal but to say that that is an absolute drop it mandate I don't see how that's going to happen so yeah obviously environmental issues I mean I, I'm very concerned about the environment but you don't you know you can have a couple different thoughts in your head be concerned about the environment but realize um, these disastrous Policies that uh, affect the economy just aren't the way to do it. And yeah. so, I mean, is that something you get in the weeds with uh, voters occasionally? You
5: know, they do mention it. They do mention it. And I, I guess I'm saying let technology get us there to where it, when the marketplace, it will be the man for it.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, once again, we've been joined in studio by Jim Bean, running for Minnesota State Senate District 56, a Republican candidate. Again, check out his website, electjimbean.com. and I'll also link to it at my website, bradcarlson.org. Jim, an absolute honor to have you in studio today, sir. Thank you so much for sharing your story, your candidacy, and uh, best of luck on the trail, and hope to see you out there.
5: Thank you very much. Appreciate it. AM
4: 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance, Radio Network. One final segment coming up on the broadcast.
5: Go nowhere.
4: Sightseeing in Paris, at
2: the Mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to AM 1280, The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free odyssey app
0: i'll second guest dinners with friends because they can be interrupted by diarrhea gas bloating stomach pain or oily stools
8: Hi, it's Mike Gallagher. I start every day by reading through the stories at Daybreak Insider. In just 10 minutes, I can zip through 10 stories that matter, 10 stories that help me start my day and help shape where I go with The Mike Gallagher Show. You and I know the mainstream media is filling the airwaves with a left-wing take on the news of the day.
0: This is 60 Minutes, and we can't put on things we can't
2: well, verify. You won't put it on because it's bad for Biden.
8: It's critical to find a news source that tells the truth. Well, that's Daybreak Insider. Daybreak Insider is that source. I get it in my email box every day. It helps shape the stories I bring to you. It's a look at today's most compelling stories, how they are covered by the media, and provides responses from key conservatives in media and politics. Over a quarter million people get Daybreak Insider by email daily, and it's available to you at no cost. Go to daybreakinsider.com and simply plug in your email. That's daybreakinsider.com. In five minutes, you will be the most informed person in the office. That's daybreakinsider.com. Hi, I'm Anthony
7: Commerce with Commerce Water. A year ago, we introduced wet technology into our softeners. It's exclusive to Commerce. Since then, customers have saved an average of 700 gallons of water and over 300
4: pounds of salt each year. And you can too. Go to Commerce.com. Hey, welcome back. AM 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. It's me, Brad Carlson. One final segment on the broadcast. Thanks as always for tuning in. I love this stuff. Getting an opportunity to talk to candidates who uh, got the uh, proverbial smoke of battle on them. They take a few minutes out from the campaign trail to come in and share what's going on. And uh, these folks work hard. Let me tell you, uh, they're they're very modest in what they talk about. Uh, But they put in the work. And boy, I tell you, to come in here enthusiastically talking about what they what they want to accomplish. uh, You can tell that there's some optimism in the air uh, for Republicans in this state. And again, every election night, it seems like we celebrate nationally when there's at least Republican waves, like in uh, 20, uh, 2016 and uh, 2014 in particular. Those are a couple of Republican wave years that I could think about, about how we celebrated uh, nationally, but locally maybe not so much because we haven't won a statewide race since 2006. Uh, and I say we as if I'm still a Republican. I'm technically not a Republican, but I tell you, these candidates that have all been here today, I— 100% uh, give a full throated endorsement to. So we appreciate the time that everyone has shared with us today. Well, I only got a few minutes. I did want to get to a particular news story. You know, spending a lot of time in Minnesota politics, the first several segments, but I did want to get to this uh, particular story from a few days ago. Uh, when the president of the United States announced his plan to cancel, and I'm using cancel and scare quotes. It's not good on radio to do. Hand gestures, but just know I'm using scarecrow to warn cancel. When the president announced his plan to cancel student debt, uh, it was pretty much assumed a legal challenge was going to be forthcoming, and sure enough, it has. This is from Robbie uh, Suave at uh, reason.com. President Joe Biden's plan to forgive hundreds of billions of dollars in student loan debt violates both federal law and the Constitution, according to a just filed lawsuit from the Pacific Legal Foundation, a libertarian law firm. This isn't how laws are supposed to be made, Caleb Kruckenberg, an attorney for PLF, tells Reason. Only Congress has the power to pass laws and spend money under the Constitution. The administration's actions are here are flagrantly illegal. This is the first serious challenge to Biden's student loan forgiveness plan, which he announced last month. The lawsuit's pla- plaintiff is Frank Garrison, who's also an attorney at PLF. Garrison borrowed federal student loans to pay for law school, but according to him, Biden's debt forgiveness plan will actually subject him to a financial penalty in the form of a state tax. This gives him standing to sue the US, Depar- U.S. Education Department. His lawsuit agrees. Despite the staggering scope of this regulatory action, it was taken with breathtaking informality and opacity, the lawsuit claims. In the rush, the administration has created new problems for borrowers in at least six states that tax loan cancellation as income. Ah, uh, You know, I, I, I'm convinced that the, you know, I have no way of knowing this, but if I were to guess, I would say that this was merely the Biden administration's gift to, you know, solidify their voter base. Because let's be honest, this is projected to be a Republican wave year. And I know the polls after the Roe v. Uh, v. Wade uh, decision was kicked by the Supreme Court a couple, a month or two ago, whenever that um I think it was back in June, so almost, yeah, three months ago now. When that decision was kicked, that really motivated a, far, a lot of far-left progressives who otherwise weren't enthusiastic about getting out to the polls. I mean, that happens. I mean, people who listen to this show are probably pretty well engaged politically, and you can't fathom that people would not take voting seriously. But that happens. I mean, when your preferred party, if you're a casual voter and your preferred party is in power, like with the Democrats, they have the presidency and they have all of Congress, you aren't as motivated to get out there. But when the Roe v. Wade decision was kicked, that solidified a lot of progressives. And so the generic congressional ballot, for a time, showed Democrats in the lead. And at the time, there was a non-zero chance Democrats could hang on to all of Congress. Well, that ship has sailed. The, the, the Republicans are getting the House. I'm, I'm going on record to saying the Republicans are taking the U.S. House of Representatives. By how much, we don't know. But they're going to take the House. The only question is whether they can take the Senate. And now, while it was looking very much in peril that the Republicans could take the majority in the Senate, because right now it's a 50-50 split, so the Democrats technically have the majority, because the vice president breaks all ties, the Republicans have a legit shot taking the Senate. And it's stuff like this, this student loan forgiveness plan, it's backfired on the administration. It, it has. Because you ascertain that people, you know, middle class or upper middle class individuals, they were the ones standing to benefit from this. Because guess who went to college? And who still has outstanding student loan debt? right? And they're going to benefit from this. But this, see, this was something that the squad, the the ilk of the squad, particularly Ilan Omar and uh, Tide Podavida, a.k.a. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and all the others, they were advocating for, canceling student debt. And they A lot of these progressives stood down when it was apparent that only Joe Biden could beat Donald Trump head to head in the 2020 presidential election. And Bernie Sanders begrudgingly stepped aside. And said, we'll 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 coalesce behind Joe Biden, but here's what you got to do for us. And, of course, Biden won the election. And the progressives wanted their payback and Biden kept dragging his feet. You even had Nancy Pelosi kind of acting as a quasi ally for Biden saying, look, the president doesn't have any authority to unilaterally cancel student debt. What are you talking about? And then it came out and the president didn't even want to do it. And then the story came out via, I believe it was via Politico, where basically his vice president, Kamala Harris, and his own wife, Joe Biden, convinced him that, yeah, you should do this. And now you see that it's probably going to get kicked by the lawsuit. Another theory I have is that this was kind of in the motif of President Biden unilaterally extending the eviction moratorium. You remember the um, uh, CDC, when the COVID pandemic first hit in March of 2020, They said, "Okay, businesses are going to shutter because we have to shelter in place. People are going to lose their jobs, but they rely on that income. So they may have to be displaced from the units that they're renting. So we'll go ahead and put a moratorium on rent. You people who own these apartment buildings, you can't charge rent to these people or you can't evict these people if they can't make their rent. And eventually that expired or a court ruled, no, the CDC has no authority to do this. And the president Went ahead and extended it anyways, and he even he even admitted, well, this is probably not constitutional, but it'll give these people a little relief." So, from a political standpoint, it may look like, "Hey, he's looking out for the poorest people who can't pay their rent." But then, of course, the Supreme Court eventually ruled, "Sorry, you can't do that." But they, I, I but the point is, is that Joe Biden knew that, this was going, that the, his eviction moratorium was going to be nuked. He knew it was going to be. He was just buying a little time. And I have a feeling he probably felt like this student loan thing was going to be nuked. He says, well, look, you progressives who supported me for president, I appreciate it, and I did what you asked. I canceled student debt. But look, the du- judicial branch overruled us. And there again is another rationale for why we should expand the Supreme Court, except... Except this wasn't as big a winner politically. People realized the injustice of the student loan cancellation, how the low-income people were having to foot the bill. Because student debt isn't canceled. It has to be repaid. How is it repaid? Through your tax dollars. Where do you get the tax dollars from? Hello, citizens? So you can see that this was a loser politically. So now I'm sure the president secretly hopes... This is, being, this is going to get kicked. And, oh, yeah, by the way, this is from nationalpublicradio.org from Friday. Um, the Education Department quietly changed its policy. I'll read an excerpt real quick, and then we'll be done. In a remarkable reversal that will affect the fortunes of many student loan borrowers, the U.S. Department of Education has quietly changed its guidance around who qualifies for President Biden's sweeping student debt relief plan. At the center of the change are borrowers who took out federal student loans many years ago, both Perkins loans and federal family education loans, uh, FFEL loans issued and managed by private banks but guaranteed by the federal government, were once the mainstay of the federal student loan program until the federal family education loan program ended in 2010. Today, according to federal data, more than 4 million borrowers will still have commercially held F-F-E-L loans so there you have it Um, they kind of quietly changed who qualifies so those who were popping the champagne rejoicing over their student debt being cancelled they're going to be in for a rude awakening before the lawsuit is even settled which will ultimately probably kick this folks as always I've enjoyed it AM1280 the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network Godspeed my friends have yourselves a blessed week
1: closing time Turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl. Closing time. One last
10: call.
8: Pro life across America, the billboard
10: people. I'm sure glad you're my sister, Addie. Yep, you're my best buddy.
6: 366-7773 or check us out online at prolifeacrossamerica.org Pro-Life Across America educational, non-political and tax deductible
10: A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception life Across
6: This message brought to you by the National Police Association. To learn more about how to help law enforcement accomplish its goals, visit nationalpolice.org. I'm driving a 2018 Elantra, red, my favorite color. Hi, I'm Rita from St. Paul. Well, when I first walked in, I felt welcomed. And I'd been at a couple other dealerships that uh, I gave an F to. And Justin was the first gentleman to wait on me when I took it in for my first service. And he's been the only person that I've dealt with since then. Can't say enough good things about him. On Christmas Day of last year, I was on the freeway driving home, and all of a sudden, a red light came on, and the right front tire was low. And the next day, I called, and Justin answered. He said, only take a look at it, and go in the waiting room, and, and I'll get back to you. They found that there was a huge nail in the tire, and so he was able to get that all fixed up and replaced, and sent me on my way home. Infragrove Hyundai was very welcoming, service was Excellent.
2: Invergrove Hyundai's service technicians are ready for you no matter what kind of vehicle you drive. Open 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. weekdays. Call them today or schedule your appointment at InvergroveHyundai.com. AM 1280, the Patriot is www